Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, howdy, everybody, and welcome again to another edition of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander, Bunker to France is here, That's and me. Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. That's him. Hello. And our topic for today was supposed to be filmmaker Chris Burgard, but um, uh, he had... Uh, He's 40,000 feet. Yeah, he had to go uh, away to do a shoot. Uh, he's a filmmaker, and so we'll get him next week. When you when you got when you got work as a filmmaker, hey, you, you go. Take it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it. apologies for that. Uh, he was all excited to be on the show. We spoke, and we were. Yeah, yeah. We spoke with him earlier in the week, and uh, great topic. Yeah. You're going to love this <laughs> yeah. show whenever we get to do it. it we'll get, which will be next week. Yeah, we'll get him next week on uh, Movie Friday or at, Movie Saturday at the White Stallion at the White Stallion Ranch. Yeah. So. What we're doing today, we we're going to kind of drop back and punt and talk about a uh, stuntman who recently passed that Bunker knew and worked with. Uh, the guy's name is Jerry Gatlin. You want to talk about him? Well, I do. I certainly do because I, I worked for Jerry a, a bunch and I really liked and respected the guy. Uh, it's funny because everybody called him Gat. Everybody had nicknames, you know. He used to call me Tuffy. He's the only person in the world that ever called me Tuffy. I could never figure out. <laughs> you don't why. look like a Tuffy. No, well, I was, when I was younger, I was snot nosed. But uh, Jerry was born in November fifth of nineteen thirty-three up in Colorado Springs. He passed away this year uh, on the fourth of March up in Sheridan, Wyoming. Uh, born and bred cowboy. Uh, he was married three times. Gene uh, Gathless. Uh, Marie Mass Gatlin and Polly Burston, who was one of the greatest, trick if not the greatest stunt woman of all time. Trick writer, right? She was a trick writer. She did everything. But uh, she a beautiful woman too. I, she way older than me, and I had a crush on her. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll stop drooling and continue here. Uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry clean, clean up on aisle four, please. <laughs> yes, Jerry had a couple of kids, but the the one that really is impressive is Joey, that's his daughter, and she uh, became an international show jumper. Very wow. good. Worked also worked the picture business. Uh, in the business, Jerry worked, was known for doing it, being an actor, stunt, second unit director, assistant director, miscellaneous crew, and. These are some numbers, and they're very conservative. I, my source does not really go into it, but they credit him with 91 movies, 39 TV, uh, 10 TV uh, movies, one uh, video, and I know I know it's at least twice that number, almost all of them. <laughs> and this is the interesting thing is that there's a great Tucson connection with Jerry. Okay. Uh, Jerry was outside of you. Uh, beside me, yeah, but. Uh, he he was he was pro rodeo, mm -hmm. a hell of a hell of a saddle bronc rider, which he carried over into his picture work. Uh, anyhow, it was finishing up rodeo season. His dad lived here in Tucson, and he told him, "Just oh, come on down, you know." And Jerry hadn't seen his dad for a while, so he he decided to, to traipse on down here and visit for a while. And while he was here. Uh, a movie company came into town. Oh, what, a, what, what luck. What <laughs> luck, yeah. It was the Lone Ranger in the City of Gold, mm -hmm. and he, he ended up getting a job on it as a local extra and a stand-in. Another Tucson film that he worked on in that same era was Gunman's Walk. He stood in for a couple of the actors, and uh, there's a couple of bucket horse sequences in there, and he did that, which was kind of helped him get going. Uh, the director helped him get his uh, SAG card from that, he uh, learned to do car work from Bill Hickman, who was one of the top car guys. I mean, this guy could he could wreck a semi on a dime. Hmm. I, worked, I worked a couple of shows with him, and he's a very impressive man. Uh, one of his big jobs is for Henry Wills on the Magnificent Seven. And this is this is listen to the who he doubled on there. Of course, a lot of, a lot of the other stunt guys doubled the same people, but he doubled for McQueen. Brenner, Bronson, Vaughn, Buck Holtz, and Wallach. All of them. Yeah, and uh, you know Henry, Henry was delighted with him, and that that's a big help because Henry helped a lot of guys. 
Uh, he did Donovan's Reef. That was his. That's where he did his first fight scene. Mm. He, he was an Australian that walks in, you know, the big bar brawl. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. He's he's the Australian that walks in there and gets yeah. thrown out the window right. and beat up and thumped on. Uh, he did one of his famous, more interesting stunts. He did Sons of Katie Elder, and he uh, doubled Earl Holloman when from the jump from the buckboard when they crash into the river when they're mm-hmm. being ambushed there towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and McClintock, he uh, he doubled Pat Wayne, excuse me, Patrick Wayne, <laughs> in a horse fall. And this is an interesting one because this is the one where they're getting ready to do the race or whatever it was. And uh, I know I think it was, ro- it was a rodeo thing. How ropes the ropes the calf, and then the horse gets jerked down, rolls over, and the saddle breaks away, and they drag wow. him. Wow! And he the fallen horse was Jim Burke's iodine. And that was yeah, that's that was a very you know, very spectacular and very tricky thing because you know to get a a rollover, get it perfect, and then add to it a drag on it with him still sitting that's in bonus. the saddle. Yeah, <laughs> it's just amazing. Well, you worked with him on Hallelujah Trail, Young well, Billy yeah. Young. Let me see. Ozana's Raid. You did your homework, Harry. Right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, well, let me look here. I'll just grab some stuff to movie stuff here. Okay, I worked on the Cowboys. And that's interesting because he he did stunts on that and he did a character the, the, the three cowboys that quits Wayne mm-hmm. you know and depending on the source the guy the cowboy or the character's name was either Howdy or Howard mm. so that shows you how reliable some of the information <laughs> is we have and then of course Dirty Dingus McGee he was the stunt coordinator on that I got the stunt double uh, Don Redberry on the stagecoach and that was kind of neat. Is going on here? Okay, this isn't this. I didn't work on that one. With us, I'll put that over. Then the good guys and the bad guys. He oh, he was coordinator on on Dirty Dingus, and then good guys and the bad guys, and he was the stunt coordinator on that. And that's an interesting thing because I, there's a there's a, a major stunt in there, which is the uh, this guy and his wife are driving up in this great big fancy car it was the great Leslie from the great race read it repainted and mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. and it, it breaks down on the tracks mm. and uh, they the bad guys are after the train and uh, so anyhow they they've hijacked the train and mm-hmm. the train comes to the town and it just keeps right on going and they're stalled on the other side of the town you know and the wife is going you know, the train is coming the train is coming and the husband said don't worry we're here Town's there, the train's there, train stops in the town. Don't worry about it. the train's coming. We're here, town's there, train stops in there. And finally she goes, The train's not stopping in the town. <laughs> well, at that point they cut, and Gatlin, the evil guy that he could be, I ended up uh, doubling the actors. It was Jackie Joseph. And and he did it to me again on uh, Heaven <laughs> with a Gun, uh, doubling Dina Martin in the stagecoach. And how can you call a guy duff, a toughy and then put him in a dress? That's just not right. I think it is. Uh, I just think it's not right. What do you think, Todd? Yeah, but I think, uh, you know, Bunker, you need to embrace this. Yeah. Uh, I don't embrace shame. anything in the toughy, dress. Toughy. And, and don't forget there is there are photographs of me um, of you? in a dress with a black wig and high heels. You? Uh, yes. When I, when I is portrayed... Is that on the porn uh, side? When I when I no it's, it's, it's it was before all that. Um, it uh, was when I did Finian's Rainbow, ah. the musical comedy oh, okay. from Broadway, okay. and uh, uh, so you know um, the hardest part of doing that, and I'm going to keep this really short. The hardest part of doing that role, once I was wearing that outfit, that garb, is to stop was, wearing it. Uh, <laughs> my no, I well yeah, of course. <laughs> Listen, I could get free drinks. Um, there was it was, was my father, was my father who was in the audience, and he was laughing so loud and so far above everybody else that it was like he was the only one I could hear. And I took everything in my being to keep it together because I couldn't look at my dad when he started laughing like that because we we once laughed at a funeral. Yeah, my father and I like that uh, and. Uh, you, I couldn't keep it together. I just couldn't do it. I think all of us have done that at some point in time. You, you know, have? Have you heard? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I portrayed uh, one Halloween. I portrayed Miss New Jersey. And
And uh, uh, wait a minute, this is this is bizarre. It, Miss oh, New Jersey. Miss New Jersey. Was there a special reason for doing Miss New Jersey? No, I can't think of a reason why. Well, but then why didn't you do Miss Florida or uh, Miss Poughkeepsie or something? Because New Jersey just seemed to be right. Jersey, utterly ridiculous. Well, you also had the accent, utterly and I'm ridiculous. sure somehow yes. Governor Christie was involved. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> and and, and uh, so I had this uh, long, uh, my wife and daughter found this long gown, and I wore com- my combat boots. Uh, oh, that's classy. I like yeah, that. yeah. Oh, and okay. uh, still had the mustache and the beard. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. And uh, we didn't win anything at that particular party, but you know you hey. should have been. Oh, you were, but you were Miss New Jersey, so that's a winner. Right you know, there. and my I you had, had a, I had, sash, had yeah. a sash that yeah. said Miss New Jersey. Maybe that's why, because that's the only sash you could ride. That could be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. But well, getting back to Jerry, <laughs> forgive us, Jerry, for uh, digressing here. Uh, he did in the show. He a TV movie he did here in Tucson, Gun in the Pulpit. He was the stunt coordinator. Uh, I have distinct pleasure. Of riding, uh, riding Steve Getzweiler's roping horse. Wow! You know, because this, you know, ropers don't generally don't rent their move, horses out to the movies, especially okay. their roping horse. Why you know? not? Why not? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of dinks out there, and besides, a lot of weird things happen, and people My, are shooting, okay. and stuff like that. that but for some reason, question. he did. And I, at uh, Vernon Mounts, who was our coordinator, well, uh, not the coordinator, but the uh, head wrangler, he said, "Would you ride the horse?" Because Bill told me. You know, it's my it's my fanny if uh, anything happens. So I thought that was a compliment. You know, you must have been pretty good. I got by. <laughs> I got by. I could, I could hit I could hit the stirrup once in a while. You know. <laughs> and then this, you know, this was a big one, the Hallelujah Trail, and uh, Jerry was the brother-in-law number two in that, besides stunts. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I was bracking my head trying to think, brother-in-law number two. Brother-in-law number two. I don't remember him. And then it dawned on me, because Jerry was one of the Indians that was with Martin Landau and Bob Wilkie all the time. Okay. And he was, he was, uh, I think, uh, Wilkie's brother-in-law. Oh, okay. And it, he he makes a great Indian. He does. <laughs> and he, he does comedy well. But yeah, so anyhow, that was uh, the Hallelujah Trail story. What did he do on Young Billy Young? Well, he was the stunt coordinator, and he primary double for... Uh, Bobby Walker and some of the other people. I doubled Walker in uh, the shootout, and uh, but he did a high fall in there off the barn through into the shed. That's the other thing he used to do. He used to do really nice high falls. Did he have a, a signature, a signature move or a signature stunt? Well, he, he stunt? used to do what they call a back over, okay. which is saddle fall. But he had a strap where he'd go over the horse backwards, and the strap would just kind of pause him so that it would, it would look like balanced on it and then he would go on over oh, but uh, and he was a hell you know i mean he could do the horse stuff he's he just you know that's that's that was you know i'm almost speechless in this sense of it i was just so blessed to work with so many of the cowboy stuff man that's the guys i worked with in the beginning and i gotta say I worked with some great guys that weren't cowboys, but the best for me was those guys. They just were the ones that mm-hmm. they were what they, you know, it's like working with heroes for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know green kid, and even even twenty years, thirty years later, I was still green, and these guys <laughs> were still great to me. But they were all gone and retired. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then you know one, another local thing we did here, real Lobo, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to remember he done we did stunts on it. And you know the funny thing is that uh, he did stunts. And like it so often happens, uncredited. That's yeah. why. That's why when I, you know, when I mentioned the number of movies and TVs and stuff, you know, a, a, I would say I've got probably twenty to thirty cards here with me that I brought with just with notes, and over half of them as uncredited. And a lot of the shows that he coordinated, uh, he also did stunts, but he didn't. You know, he did. They didn't. No credit on the stunt because he's already credited as a stunt, stunt yeah. coordinator. Mm-hmm. And you know that's what's weird too, because back in that those days, the stunt coordinators worked on a production contract, which meant they didn't get residuals. So they had wow. to, they had to get in front of the camera to get residuals. Wow. It just, it just shows you how sleazy and cheap and chintzy all of these high rollers that everybody there, there, just loves. There's there's a show in that, I think, yeah. about uh, the the nuts and bolts of uh, Hollywood production. Nickelodeon. 
uh, yeah, uh, where you know, just like what you're talking about, bunker the the cheapness. Uh, oh, I work. You know, uh, Sam Manners, who was who was uh, very good to me, took care of me all the time. But he cheated me every time he got a chance too. But you knew that was Sam. Yeah, he was he was the production manager when they did Route sixty six, mm-hmm. and you know the, the whole concept of the show was traveling cross country. Right. Sam burned every town they were in, which for years made it hard for picture companies going to those towns. Mm. You know, oh, we need some lumber. We want the money up front. You know, oh, we need fourteen rooms. We want the money up front. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, mm-hmm. but Sam was. You know, that's what production managers do. That was their. their I, I think MO. they live for that. <laughs> Well, then we got Ozana's Raid uh, on that one. I'm trying to remember. I know he did. He was a trooper in that, and he did stunts. I don't know if he went. Uh, if he, I'm pretty sure he went up to Vegas with him, but I don't remember. And then, of course, when I mentioned earlier, uh, Young Billy Young, uh, and that was a that was a fun fun show with Bert Kennedy. He was a great guy, great director. Took took pretty good care of me. I got some TV things here. I'll mention those. Uh, he did a high chaparral, no bugles, no drums. And what did he do on that one? I don't remember. Oh, he did a part Jonas, and I think he did some bucking horse stuff because I know he did a couple of high chaparrals where he did bucking horse stuff. Mm-hmm. In fact, I got a great picture of him. And he did the, the, I think probably the best Bonanza episode which they shot here. That was the Top Hand episode. And that was uh, 1971, and it had, uh, that was the one Ben Johnson was in. That was the one mm-hmm. he did just before he went off to do Last Picture Show. Mm-hmm. And Ed Aragi was in that. He was a semi-regular on it, and I think he, I think he was standing in for, uh, for uh, Warren Green and then doing a little photo doubling. And, and then, of course, like I say, Gatlin worked out. I know he did a ton of those. He just... Didn't get the credits for him. It's unfortunate that the uh, the people who you see on the screen doing all of those dangerous things <laughs> just don't get the credit. Well, you know, you know why they don't. No, I don't. Because they because the producers have to pay a little extra money to put that printing on the on the on the celluloid. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's yeah, that's right. Pennies, you know, they'll go out they'll go out and throw a cast party for forty thousand dollars. And then they won't, they won't, uh, something that'll cost them a couple hundred dollars on a screen credit, uh, they won't, they'll, they'll fight it tooth and nail. Wow. Now, he did, he did, uh, what, this was a, uh, uh, he did a second unit uh, directing on a Gunsmoke episode, The Last Apache. That's a good episode, too. And he did the uh, pilot for Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, the TV series. And so, you know, again, it just shows his versatility. All right, we got to do our first commercial break here. On Emil Franzi's The Voices of the West, it's Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. We're talking about uh, stuntman Jerry Gatlin, and we've got a bunch of other things that we want to bring up. We'll do so after these important messages. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west, where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. 
Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. You're darn tootin'. Yes, sir, Bob. This is the Voices of the West. On another edition of Ammo Franzi's The Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you. Hi, yo. Like a little that. bit of Bill Boyd and oh, his uh, Cowboys. Music right? Rambling Cow- Yeah, music Bill Boyd and his Rambling Cowboys. Yeah. That's the uh, Bill Boyd uh, rag. You were going to say <laughs> something, too, to Todd. I heard I heard the voice there. Yes, Todd was going to. Well, he just said, hey. Oh, hey. Hey. Hey, Todd. Okay. What I was going to say about Jerry was I find it remarkable that he did stunts in Hollywood for 40 years. Yeah. His first film was in 56. His last film was Ruby and Joe, uh, Tom Selleck's film, which is a modern-day Western about a rodeo cowboy. And to survive for 40 years doing stunts, um, you know, Bunker, you can speak to that better than anyone else, but to me that's just, it's beyond remarkable. It's unheard of. Uh, Usually... You know, your body just can't take it. And I think it it's a great testament to him and uh, his resilience, but also his careful plotting of the way he obviously did stunts. And I know nothing about stunts other than they hurt. So, <laughs> You know, it's funny. I was thinking while I was, was looking at this stuff, you know, uh, I, I think some, it has something to do with being a saddle broke rider because you've got Yakima Kanut. The greatest stuntman of all time, yep. saddle broke rider. And then you had guys like Hoot Gibson, saddle broke rider. Uh, Sunset Carson, saddle broke rider. There's something about saddle broke rider, and that's the greatest event ever. But I'm going to run through a quick list of uh, John Wayne movies, and there's probably I'm probably going to miss some that Jerry worked on. Uh, McClintock, Sons of Katie Elder, The War Wagon, The Undefeated, Real Lobo, Big Jake, The Cowboys, The Train Robbers, Cahill, U.S. Marshal, Rooster Cogburn, and The Train Robbers, he actually had a really good part in that one. He played Sam Turner and was one of the principals, and that was, that was like, mm-hmm. I was so happy because, you know, he loved he loved to do the acting stuff, and the funny thing is, like in the Wayne pictures, Wayne loved it, loved loved him too, and he'd do two and three parts, you know, same way with Jim Burke and some of those other guys, but uh, uh, like in Big Jake, you know, he was like he was in the saloon fight, and then he was part of a gang, and this and that, and one of my favorite ones, and I don't remember which Wayne movie it was, is he's out here in the woods and he's building a fence, you know, a split layer fence. And Wayne comes riding up, and he goes, well, uh, hey there, can you tell me where Cheyenne is? Which direction to Cheyenne? And he goes, don't know. Never been there. <laughs> well, what about what about uh, Dodge? Which, which way to Dodge? Don't know. Never been there. Well, hell, you know where Wichita is. Don't know, never been there. Well, you don't know much. He says, no, I don't know much, but I ain't lost. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And well, then he did you, Cahill. You did that. You did a number of productions where you did stunts in or in in different parts in the same episode. And, and the the Death Valley Days episode comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, where you were a soldier and then an Indian, 
Uh, well, I was the only one that could do a, a <laughs> right. war chant. You know? Right, but I mean, you've, that you've, was you know that was funny because you've we, done you've done that that sort of, as a stunt person mm-hmm. you've done that sort of thing. Well, it was so funny too because I'm do, I'm doing a Spanish soldier on it. Denver Kyle's directing it, and they come to the point there where this is Mission Indians, you know, and and they're revolting. Besides, you know, being unsworthy, <laughs> but they're, they're 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 fighting for their independence. Right. And so they're all gathered around, and they're, and uh, the fire, you know, and they've had a, the war talk, and uh, he wants to. Denver says, "Okay, now we." He goes up to the Indians, you know, and he goes, "Now, uh, any of you guys can do uh, a war chant." And they just look at him, you know, <laughs> dumbfounded and blind faces. He says, "No," he says, "Really?" He says, "Can any of you guys, do you and you boys, know how to do a war chant or any any kind of Indian chant?" And one of them looks up and he says, hey, man, we're Mexicans. We're not Indians. <laughs> and he goes, oh, shit, does anybody do that? And, you know, you know, I, I, sometimes I, I was, would speak up when I when I shouldn't most of the time. But that was one time when I said, I said yeah, I can. So he says, okay, so they change clothes and we get in there and they go, hey, oh, and Denver loved it. He bought me dinner that night. But you know, yeah, it, it, it's that's funny how things happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were not appropriating culture either because you are Native American. Well, I'm part Cherokee yeah, and right. part Poetone and mostly Basque. There you go. Sheep herding Basque, <laughs> as uh, Joe Dreyfus would say. And all I can say is Joe is the Donna Anna County. <laughs> and then there was K. Hill, U.S. Marshal. He did. Uh, what did he do on that? I think he did stunts. I was a coordinator. I don't remember. And he did uh, Cattle Annie and Little Bridges. He did stunts and was a part of a cop. That's the type of cop back in the West, not, not modern cop. <laughs> he did City Slickers. He was the stunt coordinator. And I told her, Harry earlier, yeah, we this is a movie that. I worked on but didn't work on because mm-hmm. I was out visiting in the set. They were up in Santa Clarita doing some, some cattle drive stuff. and. Jack Lilly asked me if I could help him out because they had a shot where they wanted a calf to come from off camera, and everybody, all the wranglers were busy holding cattle, and all the stunt guys were busy doing doubling and stuff. So I said, sure. So I just sit on the calf until they were ready to turn. Never got paid, but <laughs> so I don't know. I, that that one, I don't know if I can claim that one or not. I don't think so. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, 19, 1994, which was one of the last things he did. He was the stunt coordinator. On a on a movie called Cobb, and and also played the train engineer. He was the this is I watched this this week. It's Devil's Brigade. That is one of the best war movies. I like it better than Drew. William Holden. Yeah, that's Claude Akins. Yeah, what a cast. Uh, Lou Axelrod. Yeah. yeah, but he did. He was the MP in that. Uh, Rickard Jekyll was just fabulous in that. And then he did uh, what did he do? He did uh, stunts on Far and Away with Tom Cruise. The midget. Uh, he did stunts on Glory, Legend of Nigger Charlie. Uh, he was co-stunt coordinator with Bob Miner, and uh, Little Big Man. He was uh, besides doing stunts, Indian stuff or whatever thing. Uh, he also was a cavalry advisor. And it's going back to the Legend of the Lone Ranger in '81. You know, not just stuff, stuff. McClintock, he did a ton of stuff on the Mountain Man. He's I can I think just stunts. Pale Rider, he was on that. The Ranger. Oh, this is another one. Ninety-five. This might have been the latest one he did. Uh, the Ranger, the Cook, and a Hole in the Sky, and he was a special animal wrangler. And I'm trying mm. to figure out what was what special animal was it he have there. You know. <laughs> well, IMDb is showing that he did. Uh, he was a stunt, uh, did stunts uh, for the final one in 96, a TV movie, Ruby, Jean, and Joe. Yeah, that, and they shot part of that down around Sonoida. Okay. Yeah, with, uh, with uh, Selleck. That's a good little rodeo movie. It's a, it's, it's under, one of the under-the-radar things. And mm-hmm, he very much. Stunt coordinator on Rooster Cogburn, uh, stunt coordinator on Silverado. And you, you, Three Amigos, too. Yeah. Uh, the Sons of Katie Elder, we dealt with that one. Three Amigos we did. Train Robbers, had the great part in stunts. Undefeated, he did several parts and uh, stunts. Undefeated. War Wagon, several stunts, whatnot. War Wagon. 
He did, oh, and he did. He was stunt coordinator for Burt Kennedy on Wolf Lake, which was a, a modern kind of crime thing up in the in the pines. Yeah, just stuff. Let's go into some of the more more ex esoteric stuff that he did. Uh, he did uh, a family feud, and I, the only thing I can because he was himself on that, so I'm figuring he was probably like a stunt team on there because it was a game show. Mm. I can just see stuntmen on a game show. <laughs> <laughs> Tear the place apart. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, he did He did a little 11-minute documentary, John Wayne working with a legend, uh, him, Terry Leonard, and Dean Smith uh, talking about Wayne. This mm-hmm. was uh, that. Now I'm going to mumble, mumble. Uh, th- oh, this is one of my favorites. He did the uh, George Washington mini... Uh, Miniseries. TV series. No, the miniseries. The, when it, uh, a miniseries is like three or four or five uh, yeah. major, it's like a big, right. like Centennial. You're right, right, yeah, but it was and on not television. a regular series. Right. But it's a miniseries. But it was on TV. But it's, <laughs> anyway, it's a, but uh, he did, his, you know, just, you know, you picture George Washington, mm-hmm. Ben Franklin, mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Paine, mm-hmm. and Gatlin's character was Bob. <laughs> Just Bob, call me Bob, no. George. Bob the Revolutionary. Yeah. And uh, this is this is kind of neat. These are the last two things, and then we can move on to something else. But uh, I come across, there's a document, a high chaparral document. It was a sign-out sheet from 6-13-67. And it's got uh, Bob Lansing, Anthony Caruso, Pepe Hearn, Bill Shannon, and Jerry Gatlin's signature here in Tucson. And this is the what I looked it up. This was several years ago. It was going for around six, seven hundred dollars. Wow, not, that's good. And then the last thing I'm going to mention is there's a book out there. I'm going to try and find it just for myself called Campfire Conversations Two by a fellow named Tim Lilly, and he does an interview in that with uh, with Gatlin. And I think that book basically is the guy talking to. Uh, Movie cowboys, wranglers, stuntmen like that. That's what I think. Anyhow, uh, Jerry Gatlin, the world is going to miss you. You were a great guy and a great stuntman. And Bunker is out of three by five cards, Todd. I could have done more. <laughs> I mean, well, uh, you know, I think I the most the obvious coffee. thing we That's can why. say about Jerry Gatlin is that he worked with the Duke for 40 years yeah. on and off. And, you know, it's not by accident. No. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Wayne only surrounded him with people that he felt comfortable with, that he liked, that he could socialize with, and that and he was dedicated on. to their work. You know, and he was. And I think that that's just a, a tremendous compliment to Jerry. He's obviously somebody that we wish uh, those who knew him are going to miss him, and those who didn't know him, like me, are going to wish we had. Yeah. All right, we're going to do our next commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. We'll be back with much more of the show right after this. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. 
The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting place courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. Hi everyone, it's Susan McRae and welcome to Chaparral Roundup. As you know, I've postponed the March event to October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd so we can all relax, have a great time with great dinners, a great lunch at the White Stallion Ranch, Q&A panels, screenings of a couple of our favorite High Chaparral shows, the documentary of Kent McRae so we can honor him during his favorite reunion. And we have a great silent auction to benefit the Robert F. Hoy and Kiva Hoy charity at the Tucson Medical Center. If you're already registered for March, you're automatically registered for October. But if you're not, you better register by September 17th. I look forward to seeing you all, and so does Don, with his confessions of an acting cowboy. You'll have fun. See you in October for the Chaparral Roundup at Lodge on the Desert in Tucson, Arizona. Was it you or Jeff here that plugged Tom Dillon in the back? I didn't do it, Ma. Somebody shoot Dillon? You're not going to get away with it this time. You didn't give him the chance I'm going to give you. You're healed, so go for your guns. I won't have no fight. Stand back and hold your horses. I come here for justice, not the kind you shorthorns deal out. Make your play. This is the Voices of the West. On another edition of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts. Over to hop along, Cassidy, there making your play, man. Yeah, he, could, well, he, he could tough up really good. Yes, know? he could. You think he's kind of mild, mild. No, you, well, and in but fact. when he got serious. Yeah, well, you know, uh, in my uh, uh, B to C column in the Voices of the West newsletter that goes out every Friday morning to those who subscribe, um, I reviewed the third. Of uh, the sixty-five uh, Hoppy movies, so he only got sixty-two to go. Well, I've, I've seen them all. I mean, to review. Oh well, uh, but uh, the Bar Twenty rides again, and and in this one, Hoppy. Uh, this is not the uh, the Hoppy that we see often. Many li- many years later, he's got he's got the henchman up against the wall, and he's slapping the crap out of him uh, because he won't give him the information he wants. <laughs> you know, you know, I. The hoppies are, I think, of the B westerns among the very best, and yeah. probably among the most really most 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 underrated. Yeah. Because, like you know, he did he did one thing with the this gal, the, the disreputable saloon woman, who's a the co henchman right. for, for the gang. I mean, right. she's the co leader, and they have a romantic interest. Yeah. And you almost expect him to to cry when she dies. I know. Because he was he was attracted to her. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the newsletter, I would like to invite anybody or everybody who's listening to um, do a subscription to our newsletter. We got uh, uh, this is pretty easy. All you have to do is go to the website, and there'll be a sign in. Be a, a, a little thingy there that says "Rider coming," and it should be a still of uh, Mister DeFrance coming off of his horse in uh, Matt's Love uh, Gunsmoke episode. Anyway, that's all you got to do is uh, just sign up, sign up your email there, and you will automatically get that, plus uh, uh, get the email. And that's the only thing, really, that we send out is the newsletter. Yeah. I don't, we don't send your email profile. address to hackers or anybody like that because we don't. Just Russia. Yeah, we don't, we don't, uh, <laughs> we don't cotton to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, I got to say, guys, it, his, his reviews they're concise they're not you know you're not going to spend four pages like you would in the new york times but they're very very well written and I, I i love reading them because you. you know there's there's an that's an art form and to do that art form in that con, uh, concise concise and condensed well and it, make it interesting fun and and you give your opinion too. Yeah. You're not afraid to do that. Well, having written for United Press International for a while, EPI? 
I, I was a unipresser, and uh, so, yeah, you learn to write tight. <laughs> you learn to write tight. Also, important news to pass on for those of you who are listening and uh, cool. do subscribe to our podcasts. Um, we are now found, uh, We are available now on Amazon Music. Yes, been, which is uh, pretty cool, I think. And I, 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 just to, for you folks that follow uh, birthdays, last Thursday was uh, Will Hutchins' ninety-first birthday. Wow! And he writes a little uh, bi-monthly column for Western Clippings, and it's a hoot in itself. This guy is so funny and so sharp, guy. <laughs> You gotta, yeah. I mean, he's 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 cornier than I am. That's saying a lot. All right, so we're I guess pretty much done uh, talking about Jerry Gatlin. uh, Although I'm sure something could come up, but um, if anybody you got a Gatlin story or or, uh, antidote, email us right now. Right, Uh, voices of the west at gmail dot com. We kind of open it up to the segment that we frequently call nuggets, Mm -hmm. and it's a fistful of nuggets, a fistful of absolutely nothing well it is something it's goody stuff but now i'm gonna start it off by uh i have now watched all five seasons and every episode of the lone ranger ever made and oh the gate tell us about the gate yes there is in the uh it's very noticeable in season five and the show open as uh the ranger is riding through clump of trees there um on the iverson movie ranch he passes by this structure. It's about 17 seconds into the opening. Passes by this structure that I could have swore was an airplane because it, it, it was high. It had a, it looked like a, a high tail formed. But no, it is not. It is, in fact, a gate at the Iverson Ranch and the upper Iverson Ranch area so where, where that particular thing was filmed. So I... Think that's pretty interesting. I thought that was you know, well. It's a <laughs> mystery what it's worth. solved. You, you know, know. Well, yeah, mystery in my own. You know, mind. it's like uh, <laughs> uh, Cheyenne Autumn, one of the big, big time New York uh, critics writing about it said, you know, said nice things, but he said, unfortunately, as experienced as Mr. Ford is, he didn't wipe out the the uh, tire tracks. <laughs> And I'm looking, and I, I, and I said, man, I don't, I don't. So I went back and watched the movie again. It was the Travois. Yeah. The Indians were pulling a dozen yeah. Travois uh-huh. or more. Mm-hmm. The guy didn't know the difference between a Travois track and a white uh, well. car track. Todd, what have you been watching? What? Todd, what have you been watching? I think we've lost Todd something. I think he fell asleep. <laughs> that entertaining, man. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, All right. comes what, back. what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute here. Uh-oh. I just happened to... Well, I see. However, Terry's got a couple of, couple of Saturdays ago. I watched the Cowboy Hat movie, and yeah, that, that was, was fun. That was pretty good, now, wasn't, wasn't that it? neat? Yeah, the history of the hats, but just all kinds of other information. Yeah. And then we watched a couple of really... Uh, Grinder bees, but yeah, you know, and I enjoy both of them. Two, a tombstone terror. Yep, Bob Steele. Bob Steele. I never said anything in the whole movie about tombstone. No, but it was a. I enjoyed it, and then yeah, I'll tell you the, the other one. I Irish really like the Irish Gringo. Now the Irish Gringo. This movie, the synopsis of it says. The best bad movie ever made, and that's the only reason I put it on my list was to watch it so others don't have to. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'd watch it again. I, that you know, the, the the guy that played the he's half Irish and half Mexican. Yeah, and full blown Gilbert Rowan. He wrote he wrote and directed the movie. Yeah. It's I the only you, one he ever did. Yeah. I thought you know, I thought I didn't think it was that bad. You know, I know there's people who. who Never listen to me again because of that, but that's all right. And then we also watched, oh, this is the neat part. We also watched, uh, Marty Freeze did a, some videos, gave yeah. me a, and I took took them over, and we watched one of them. Class Acts of Hollywood, Don Collier, Man of Character. And it was a nice little documentary. It was, Something nice that I, tribute to I hope it gets distributed because mm-hmm. it's, it's worth watching. Yes. And then I watched, uh, I watched uh, the... Uh, Championship match for polo on uh, Sunday before last. That was that was that's a great. You know, I love watching polo. You talk about some some horsemanship. <coughs> talk about some horses. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
And then I've watched uh, in two episodes of McCoy's Daughters. This is an Australian series that ran for eight years from, I think, around 81 to somewhere around 89, somewhere in that time frame. But it's about this gal, woman who uh, her father has passed away. She's a, a ranch woman. She grew up on the ranch. And her sister, who's been gone for 20-some-odd years, because I guess mom and dad didn't hit it off, and mom took the youngest. But So it's, it's a fish out of water. But it's really neat because you get to see... Uh, Australian ranching and it, you know the similarities, mm-hmm. but the differences mm-hmm. with American. <coughs> and I put it right up there with uh, with Heartland. You know, as you know, I think Heartland's my favorite TV western at all time. But that's you know, that's just you well. Know. I, my my viewing. Uh, what where do I start? I got two hundred and seventy eight. Westerns on my list. Yeah, two hundred and seventy-six. Started the Started well. The most recent. The most recent. Uh, the Desperados, nineteen forty-three. Um, Randolph Scott, Glenn Ford, Claire Trevor. That was pretty good. Um, How about the cast? How yeah. The cast? And, where are you? Where were you? And uh, uh, I'm right here. Charles, I'm just letting you go. All right, Charles. You got, you got all the best information. <laughs> and Charles Vidor uh, is the director of that. Francis Ford. <laughs> Um, John Ford's brother appeared in that his uh, older movie. Brother. His older brother, yeah. Then I watched uh, Cattle Queen of Montana, 1954, Barbara Stanwyck and Ronald Reagan. That was a very good movie, I oh, thought. Yeah. Hellbent, uh, 1918. It's a silent from uh, with Harry Carey Sr. And, um, John Ford directed. John Ford directed. Hell of a movie. Hell of a movie. Uh, and then, like Bunker mentioned, Tombstone Terror from 35. Uh, watch that, um, Bob Steele, Irish Gringo from 1935. Uh, Good year. Uh, Pat Carlyle is the Irish Gringo, and like I said, he wrote and directed this, and it's the only thing he ever did. Uh, also watched Carson City, Randolph Scott. I've got a bunch of Randolph Scott movies that uh, we're, we're going through. Uh, so Carson well, City was one, and then uh, the other night we watched um, a really good movie, uh, the uncut version found it, uh, Santa Fe Trail, yeah. uh, Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland. What are you, you know, watching, Todd? We tried Todd? to talk to you, and you wouldn't talk back to us. Well, maybe my phone was undone or something. <laughs> I apologize. That's all right. Um, I have to tell you that, um, and I know I'm getting off the subject, but um, I got a book from Kellen Cutsforth of Buffalo Bill. Oh, that's right. And the birth of the American celebrity. And yes. it's just we're gonna do so you. well done. Yeah, we're going to so have, we'll have well him on done. the show, yeah. yeah. Isn't that a great and, book? Oh, I love the cover. I, I, I've got oh, it talk, in. About, talk about Al Fleming's book. Oh, God. Al, you know, we're going to have Al on the show, everybody, so, so get ready, but... And I know he won't be able to tell every story, but you know he—he—he's just uh, uh, what a rock tour he really is. And um, he also—he's not just a cowboy, but you know he was born in a small town on the west coast of Florida, grew up in the country, you know, hunting and fishing as a boy, and so on, and got his first big break because he was a—he became a self-appointed uh, guide fishing guide and guide in general when he had a boat and so a guy came up to him and said you know um you rent this boat out he says yeah he goes well i got some friends we want to come go fishing and just drive us around you know the the waterways which is um there's a lot of waterways internal waterways there in florida and uh he said great what time are you gonna come he goes, oh we'll be here at nine o'clock in the morning or whatever it was and you know there's start, huh? there's 16-year-old Al and, you know, or 17-year-old Al, and here come these four guys walking down the, down the, down the, 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 the pier or the dock into them, and they all get up on the boat, and one of them's Elvis, who's in Florida making a film called uh, Following That Dream. Oh, wow. And shooting in that town. And he's like, he he just didn't know what to say. You know, he thought it was going to be four guys who had a little money and mm. you know were probably snowbirds down there and <laughs> you know for the winter and hanging out and you know whatever. But it was just so shocking to him to see Elvis Presley to be in the presence of Elvis and he was just a regular fella and you know liked to drink Budweiser beer 
and they had some sandwiches and stuff and and um you know he they did it and he said uh uh do you, are you, you know, do you do this all the time? He goes, every chance I get. He goes, well, I think we're going to come tomorrow. Uh, or <laughs> like the day after tomorrow, whatever. He said, by the way, do you have it? Can you get any food? He said, uh, sure can. He goes, well, we'll give you some money. He goes, well, no, my mom will make it. And his mom made sandwiches and stuff. And, and Elvis just loved it. It was wow. as home homegrown, home cooking, wow. regular kind of guy, and they just had a blast. And and then when that was kind, of, they had like a few days there where they could do this and kind of clown around. And then they were like, okay, well, partner, thank you so much. And 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 uh, they wound it up. They paid him, and 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 he thought, well, that's the end of it. So oh well, I got to meet Elvis. Thank you know his mom couldn't believe it. And they said. Um, well, what do you do most days? He goes, well, uh, this is what I do most days. And, well, you want to come work on a movie? And they're like, he's like, what? And he next thing you know, he's there. And when that movie wraps up, he's like, well, it's really been great working with you guys, and I appreciate it. And but you know, I'm, uh, it's over now. So you guys are going back to Hollywood. Novus is like. No, 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 no. Come on out to L.A. with us. <laughs> and it just grew and grew and grew from there. And his stories about um, working on a film with uh, Oliver Reed and Karen Black and Betty Davis about wow. a haunted house. Um, Oliver Reed, we know, was a, 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 a tremendous actor, but he was also an even bigger drinker. World and class. he... Uh, Every chance he got, he was he, he was constantly, constantly trying to challenge the Yanks on the picture <laughs> that he could challenge to things. A lot of the guys were like, you know, um, forget you and thought he was a bore or a, or a bully or whatever. But Al stood right up to him. There were a few other guys who did. And it was either drinking or it was eating or it was after doing ex excesses of those two things. Well, now let's have a sword fight, and um, they would, you know, have a sword fight. Well, Al didn't know how to sword fight. He just was doing what he saw in the movies, and um, you know, you're reading this and you're thinking, well, how, you know, uh, Oliver Reed was, you know, properly trained. He was a Shakespearean actor. Royal they all knew how to fence, ride, and uh, do Shakespeare, and. Uh, and he's he's and uh, you're reading the book and you're thinking, well, how does he survive this? He goes, now I was a little drunk, but Al, but Oliver was really drunk. The only reason I was able to survive is because he was really drunk. I was just somewhat drunk, and he was a much better swordsman than I was. But I was able to keep up with it. So they're fighting in a in a they're 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 staying in a not in a hotel but in a bed of breakfast that was, uh uh. Almost over a hundred years old, maybe two hundred years old. They had wooden floors, and they're fighting up and down the hallway, and they they get right about in front of of uh, Betty Davis's room, hmm. and she's already gone to bed, and all of a sudden you hear this, "What in the hell is going on out here?" And the door opens, and she's in her nightgown, and she's looking at the two of them. They and they immediately stop, and he, Oliver, he stands at attention, and he looks at her, and he goes, Madam, we are trying to decide who is the better fencer. <laughs> and, you know, he's just pickled drunk and sweating and, you know, just a mess, and Al's no better. And she goes, well, get on with it then and end it so I can go to sleep. My <laughs> God. And these are just stories after story of, you know, um, Al, the one thing about Al, and I've known this for a lot while, you know, he's a soft-spoken guy. He's kind of a giant. I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just he's a big guy. He could play uh, a, a lumberjack, you know, Paul Bunyan. He could yeah, play a yeah. mountain man. He could play, you know, uh, a giant um, in, a, in a gladiator movie. He's probably 6'4". He's still in very good shape. He's got a great physique. He's got hands that uh, are have a grip like a like I, I can't even describe, <laughs> yeah. and you know he he um, 
he he does these, you know, he's kind of soft-spoken someone, but you wouldn't know until you read the book that he he just t- took no grief from anyone. He didn't right. care who you are. We got to we got to behave. We got to stop it right there, Todd, because I got to do that final break before we run out of before time. Before we run out of time. <laughs> we'll be back with much more of Emil Franzi's voices the rest <laughs> right after these messages. Yes. Stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Hymas Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. I'm Miss Wilkinson Investments. They're really good at what they do. 777-1911. I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. The cattle prowl and the coyotes howl out on that great divide. I never done no wrong, just singing a song as down the trail I ride. Rattlesnakes rattle at the prairie. We're back on Emil Francis, the voices of the fresh West, uh, uh, Jimmy Rogers. Uh, I know, I recognize you. I had a couple of his. Singing when yeah, when the cactus are in bloom, man, and they are in bloom now, I'll tell you what. He's in the jailhouse now. Yeah, right. All right, next week's program, we're going to have Chris Burgard on, and he's a filmmaker. He was supposed to be with us this time, but had to uh, jaunt off to Texas to, to take care of biz. So we'll have him with us next Saturday. It'll and be a fascinating show. Yeah, this guy is, uh, like it said in the newsletter, the real deal. So uh, you will not want to miss that. Um, trust me on this one. Yeah. Well, you know what? You, I, I told you Friday, this is the show 
that Emil would have just loved. Indeed. Because, you know, one, he's talking about what he loved, the West, but also a man who is very much active as, a, as in the political movement as far as what's right. All right. America. That's all the time we've got for today, Todd. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Todd. Thank you. Thank you. And? Oh, you mean the numbers? Yo, go. Oh, oh you mean like <laughs> 78? 79, uh, what is that last number? Oh, 80 O's. 80 O's. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.